Hey everybody, welcome to Creepy Club. I'm Marissa. I'm Heidi. And in this podcast, we talk about true crime and ghosts and cryptids and you name it. We talk about it. Actually, you don't name everything. I mean, we don't talk about everything. Just weird stuff. Yeah. 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 So if you like that, stay tuned. We got yeah, some... sometimes that's gross, but yeah. we try to give you a heads up. Yeah, totally. I did. That's usually my fault. Yeah. Well, pretty much always. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you talk about the really horrifying stuff. Well, it's my love of creepy medical things that gets us there usually. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. So, no CCCs for this one because we're recording this immediately following the last one. And no new reviews. So those are going to be out of order for a minute. No, yeah. No uh, super interesting topic to talk about up at the front. So, Well, I think maybe this deserves some explaining. We are banking some episodes because Rissa got cast in a play. Yay! Yay! Um, I am working full-time and then some and taking a class that has a lot of homework. Yeah. And so we are trying to get a little bit in the bank so that we can continue to bring you weekly content. Yes. Um, and not have panic attacks trying to do it in the process. Yep. Yeah. So we, we want to keep this fun for us and you. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So what are we talking about? So we're going to talk about the creepy world of sleep. Yay. And sleep disorders. Cool. Yeah. Inspired by the brief discussion of Mike Berbiglia and his sleep disorder. Yeah. Um, got me thinking about it also. Of course, I have sleep disorders. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've personally experienced some of these things. Mm-hmm. So I interviewed myself. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to go over the transcript. But I will tell you the, I will summarize the interview. Great. Yeah. I did call my mom to see if she had any stories of note that she could recall. And she was like, you were just always a weird sleeper. And I dreaded every morning (laughs) because I knew waking you up was going to be a nightmare. Oh. Mm-hmm. On average, I currently have probably five to six alarm clocks. Yeah. And I've slept through all of them before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I have, of the creepy sleep disorders, some far creepier than others. Yeah. I have a REM disorder, so I'm going to talk about sleep stages in a minute. I'm not going to go too deep. There's plenty of stuff out there if you're really interested in the science aspect of it. Yeah. Um, And also, spoiler, we don't know nearly as much about sleep as you would think that we would. Mm -hmm. It is really mysterious on a lot of fronts. Like, we don't even know why we do it. It's wild. Yeah. I mean, we know that it has, like, restorative power and it's good and it helps your body heal and that kind of stuff. But it's kind of this weird phenomenon that all humans experience, mm-hmm. you know? Right. So I have a REM disorder, I have sleep apnea, and I have hypersomnia, which is like narcolepsy, mm-hmm. except that I don't experience um, paralysis like somebody with narcolepsy does. Mm. 
So those chemicals in your brain that paralyze your body when you sleep, Mm -hmm. people who have narcolepsy have that experience. So because they go into such deep dream sleep Mm -hmm. when they have those episodes, so it keeps them from acting out, where like hypersomnia, I think, I just, it's not as deep. It can get there if somebody, something doesn't wake me up. Uh I'll just go to sleep like I would, like I'm going to bed. Mm -hmm. But if it's a short episode, like before I used to take medicine for it at a stoplight or something, you know, like a horn would wake me up or whatever. Mm -hmm. And public, you're safe. I'm properly (laughs) medicated now. Yeah. I I don't do that anymore. (laughs) You saying it, I was like, oh. Oh, no, it was terrifying. Like, I got scared I wasn't going to be able to drive anymore. Oh, my God. Because I would get so drowsy. I was afraid I was going to fall asleep on the highway. Or right. Yeah. It, no, it was legit scary. And I also fell asleep at work numerous times, which employers tend to not care for. No, I don't think so. Mm-mm. No. And I mean, it usually was like micro sleep, mm-hmm. you know, and I, fu- I used to have a coworker who would like giggle at me when I fell asleep in meetings. Mm-hmm. So it just, it kind of escalated. I went on medication. I went off medication. I was like, I don't need that shit. I'm fine. (laughs) And then my symptoms just, they didn't go away. Right. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to get in trouble in life or I'm going to get hurt or hurt somebody else. I have to go do the responsible thing and get some medicine. Is this something you take every single day? Yeah. And if I don't, I, it's bad news. My husband's like, Ooh, did you forget your medicine today? Mm Mm-hmm. Because I'll just, I'm constantly nodding off. I was at a friend's house one time, and she said that half my face fell asleep while I was talking to her. <laughs> like. That's bizarre. One eye was open. Yeah. And I was clearly trying to have a conversation, but, like, half my face went totally limp. <laughs> and that's, uh, like, that's like a stroke, right? Yeah, it was just, like. I guess a slow motion fall asleep or something. Yeah. I think I was fighting really hard to stay awake. Yeah. Because it was I had gone to her house and she lived kind of far away. And so I planned to spend the night and it wasn't really very late, but I was feeling really drowsy. So I was exerting all this mental energy trying to stay awake. And I used to have to do things like I would dig my fingernails into my hands and stuff like that to try and keep myself awake. Yeah. I would do things to try and like... You know, if I was in a meeting at work and I would start feeling drowsy, I would, like, tighten my muscles. I would dig my fingernails into my hands. I had all these strategies that I used to try and keep myself from falling asleep. Yeah. Yeah, I, so I'm not a good, I'm not very good at sleeping, (laughs) is what I like to say. And to help myself fall asleep, I always read before bed. But that has um, the, like, not-so-great side effect of, like, any time I'm reading anything, then I start to fall asleep. Like, a script. Like, if I'm reading a script for work, or if I'm reading an article for Oh, like Club. Pavlov's dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I just... I cannot really read without falling asleep. I... Reading in bed is not an option. Yeah. Um, my sleep doc says it's poor sleep hygiene to do anything in bed. Like, the only yeah, thing I've, you should do in bed is sleep and you shouldn't go to the bed until you feel sleepy. Yeah. So if you're somebody who has insomnia and you don't feel tired, he's like, you want your bedroom to be a place that you associate with sleep. So if you don't feel tired, go do something until you feel tired and 
if you don't fall asleep, then get up and try again in a little while. Like, don't lay there staring at the ceiling, making yourself anxious on yeah. top of it. Oh, yeah, that's me. Yeah. No, well, apparently you should just go ahead and get up and, like, go make a list of all the things you were thinking about so you can Yeah, I've done that for sure, too. Yeah. That, yeah. I typically, even with a good night's sleep, and this is the difference between, like, somebody with hypersomnia, or, well, they call it idiopathic hypersomnia, idiopathic being that, like, they don't know why. Mm-hmm. They don't know what the reason is that people have it. With a good night's sleep, the next morning, if you put me in a dark room without any stimulation, I can fall back asleep in under two minutes. Wow. So I used to, there used to be a joke about, like, I was a professional hobo napper because I could sleep literally <laughs> anywhere, yeah. anytime, and I still yeah. can. Even Cotton. medicated, I could do it. I used to not be able to nap, but now I've gotten a lot better. Or like, yeah, I've gotten a lot better at napping. And my I... naps usually turn into sleeps, yeah. unless it's a like I'm going to try and do a power nap at lunch or something. Yeah, it's usually a terrible idea. I end up sleeping for like six hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. So there's um, but I also talk in my sleep. Mm-hmm. And. Um, I do that when I'm really stressed out or really drunk. <laughs> yeah, apparently the alcohol is not uncommon for that. Mm-hmm. So uh, sleep talking, sleepwalking, same sort of family of sleep disorder. Yeah. And people who have who are predispositioned to do those things, it's exacerbated by alcohol. Mm-hmm. I... I'm really not much of a drinker and went many, many years without drinking at all. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that's the case where right. I'm concerned. Yeah. Um, I asked uh, Heath right before I came over, I was like, what do I say when I'm talking in my sleep? And he's like, usually you're talking to someone. Mm-hmm. Like I'm having a conversation, but it's not with him. Right. But I've had other people tell me they've had full conversations with me and then asked me about it. And I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. I believe you because I've heard this before. Yeah. But I have no memory of what you're talking about. Brandon used to talk in his sleep a lot when we were first living together. And I always found it really fun because he would say like the weirdest stuff. Mm -hmm. And so, and I knew whenever he would like roll over and start talking that I had a very small window that he would respond to like questions that I gave. Nice. <laughs> and so I was always like, I don't, I don't really remember any. I mean, I, I do remember one time he rolled over and was like, Oh, that's a lot of paper. <laughs> so like, that made me laugh. Cause he works at a printing company. So he's around paper. A oh, lot. he must've been dreaming yeah. about work. Yeah. So sleepwalking and sleep talking is called a somnibalism. Mm-hmm. So it's a condition is a condition in which a sleeping person exhibits behaviors associated with being awake, appears to be awake, but is actually still sleeping. Sleep talking is when an individual vocalizes in their sleep anything from a few words to whole conversations. These episodes usually occur during non-REM delta slow wave sleep, during which the arousal threshold is particularly high. Mm-hmm. The sleeper often has little or no memory of the event. And sleep disturbances experienced during lo- s- slow wave sleep may precipitate a sleepwalking episode. These typically occur in the first half of the night. Hmm. 
So I thought that was interesting that your, I mean, it makes sense that you're not in deep REM, that you would be in a lighter phase of sleep. Yeah. You know, because of the paralyzing chemicals that you get in REM. Right. Um, And there are times, like, this morning Heath woke me up when one of my 19 alarms went off. And he was like, do you really want to get up? And I was like, no. Mm-hmm. I had ambitions of being productive. <laughs> but then my alarm went off and I was like, that's a shit idea. Yeah. And so I decided to just sleep till I woke up because I've just been pushing it really hard all week. Um, And I vaguely remember him talking to me. Yeah. I don't really remember a whole lot. Yeah. I know I said some words, though. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, people who sleepwalk or sleep talk, the activities can range from, like, totally mundane things, sitting up in bed, which I know for sure I've done that, mm-hmm. um, going to the bathroom, but could be as extreme as driving somewhere. Oh, my God. Right. And then sleep-related eating and other complex Activities may be completed to the surprise of the individual the following morning. So that girl that I went to school with yeah. who smoked and ate in her sleep, there was a story that I was read when I was doing the research where this woman would like binge eat in her sleep mm-hmm. and wake up surrounded by like food wrappers. Yeah. And it wasn't a particular risk to her health necessarily, like that she was going to choke on the food. But sometimes she was consuming like three hundred unnecessary, three thousand unnecessary calories. Yeah. In these binge eating sessions, and so, and it wasn't like, you know, she wasn't making herself a salad. <laughs> you know, yeah. so the quality of the food that she was consuming, and then the volume of calories was really high. Yeah. And so it was a risk to her health in that way. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, and I was like, oh, I wouldn't have thought about that. I mean, the smoking, obviously, somebody could burn their house down. Yeah. Or like when we were talking about Mike Berbiglia, where he is so completely out of it, he's worried he could actually hurt somebody. Yeah. Which we'll get to. Yeah. Um, So let's do a quick rewind and talk about sleep stages. Just really briefly, I'm going to give you the extra light science. Okay. On sleep stages. Perfect. So stage zero, one, two, three, and stage R. Mm-hmm. All the ones that are not REM have a number. Mm-hmm. Don't really know why we start at stage zero. <laughs> but whatever. Okay. Okay, so stage zero is wakefulness. So this is 16 to 18 hours a day. Oh. And then... you Just being awake is a Is stage, stage zero. <laughs> So you can tell people that now. You can be like, hi, I'm Rissa. I'm currently stage zero. <laughs> I'm right. a Capricorn and stage zero. Yeah. You are a Capricorn, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good job. Hi, I'm Rissa. I'm a Capricorn. I'm from South St. Louis and I'm a stage zero. <laughs> the next time you have to introduce yourself in a group, please. Okay. Okay. Thanks. I really appreciate your cooperation mm-hmm. with my ridiculous request. Sure. And I expect that you will follow through. Yeah, of course. Stage one and two are light sleep. And stage one is the transition between waking and sleep. Okay. Um, If awakened, the person's going to claim that they were never asleep. So this is like when somebody dozes off in front of the TV and you change the channel and they're like, 
But I was watching that. Right. And you're like, bullshit. I heard you snoring. <laughs> okay, so that's stage one. Mm-hmm. Stage two is the main body of light sleep, memory consolidation, synaptic pruning. So stage two is a pretty important one. Mm-hmm. It's like doing some... It is so. Uh, what is that on your computer when it you? It's like defragging, yeah, right? Okay. So it's like defragging your brain, and then it's going and doing like landscaping on your synapses. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It's like all Edward Scissorhands up in there, <laughs> taking taking care of business. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Stage three is deep sleep, slow waves on EEG readings. And this is the precursor to stage R, which is so awesome. It doesn't have to be a number. Right. And the brain waves, similar to waking, most vivid dreams happen in this stage. Body does not move. Mm-hmm. So when somebody's out like a light, mm-hmm. they're probably in re- stage R. Mm-hmm. And that only lasts a total of 90 to 120 minutes a night. Huh. Most of your sleep... Four to seven hours of a total of, you know, say the average person sleeps like seven to nine hours. Mm-hmm. The line, two, more than two thirds of it is stages one through three. Mm. So you cycle through those. Okay. Yeah. Um, so somebody like me who has uh, um, my cycle isn't quite aligned with what would be expected for wake up time. Uh-huh. Right. So like that's one kind of sleep disorder. Anyway, there's a whole lot of science, but I think that's plenty. <laughs> yeah, that's great. That that's plenty. Yeah. They call it NREM or REM. So not REM or REM. And REM stands for rapid, rapid eye, eye movement. movement. Okay. Yeah. So once you are twelve years and older, sleep time is approximately nine to nine and a half hours per 24-hour period. I don't think I've ever slept nine to nine and a half hours. Do you think most people get that much sleep? Uh, I don't know. I don't. I, I mean, think I people definitely may don't. aspire to that. Yeah. I, I could probably do that if I wasn't such a light sleeper. Like, my cat wakes me up well before I can get a reasonable amount of sleep. Oh, okay. They're saying this is adolescent. As a person ages, oh yeah, 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 the circadian rhythm shifts back, and sleep again appears to regulate to approximately six and a half to eight hours of sleep per twenty-four hour period as an adult. Mm-hmm. That I believe that makes sense. I pretty consistently get seven to seven and a half. Yeah, same. like on the nose. Mm-hmm. If I sleep longer than that, then it could be like eleven hours. Mm-hmm. If I pass that window, then it's like anybody's guess who how long that's going to go. Yeah. So people do some super weird stuff. So I'm going to talk about the natural ones. Then I'm going to tell some stories, ambient stories. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Reddit, for your bounty. Mm-hmm. So there's a post on Reddit called, and I'll link to the post, Sleepwalkers of Reddit, What's Your Most Fascinating Scary Sleepwalking Story? Ooh. Mm-hmm. So, Amphibiology29 says, My husband isn't a sleepwalker normally, but we've been married just a few months when he went cold turkey off some heavy pain meds after a surgery and it caused him to sleepwalk that night. I heard a me- heard metallic rattling sounds coming from the bedroom, so I went in to see what was going on. 
It was pitch black, and I realized shortly that he was actually in the master bathroom. But again, pitch black, light was off. I knocked on the door to ask if he was okay. After some hesitation, he replied, yeah. I asked if I could come in, since I was concerned he wasn't okay, having recently had surgery. He agreed, so I opened the door and turned on the light to a very curious scene. The shower curtain rod had been completely ripped down, breaking the rings. (laughs) He'd also started taking apart the window blind from the top. I surveyed the damage incredulously. Remember, we'd only been married a few months, so I was staring, wondering what kind of psychode I'd marry. <laughs> what kind of psychode I'd married. And asked, what are, you, what are you doing? Yeah. He told me he needed this stuff, and I asked for what, and he replied, because this is what ninja turtles are made from. <laughs> and she said that's when I realized he was sleepwalking. Yeah. What kind of crazy-ass dream? Can you imagine when he woke up? He was, like, probably like, oh, fuck. Right. Like, that's that's some major damage. So that um, totally gave me a recovered memory (laughs) from college. Um, I had been, you know, really heavily drinking the night before. Shocking. And apparently I got up in the morning. My roommate tells me, what happened. I have no recollection of any of this. I got up in the morning, went downstairs to go to the bathroom, and I had my pants... I was pulling my pants down, and I fell into the bathtub and ripped the shower curtain rod down and, like, (laughs) bent it, and, like, all the rings fell off. And um, then I got up and peed and then went back to sleep. And then I came down, you know, awake in, in stage zero, and it was like, what the fuck happened to the shower curtain rod? And my roommate was like, oh, well, let me tell you. Let me tell you this little story about Rissa. Absolutely no memory of that. So that's well, fun. I mean, sometimes stuff happens. Yeah. Okay, a couple more Reddit stories, because there's the thread is gigantic. There's no shortage of weird stuff that people do in their sleep. Mm-hmm. So this one is, I love this name, for whom bagels. Yay. <laughs> Instead of for whom the bell tolls. <laughs> um, so, uh, it says, not me, but my ex. I woke up to her standing and pointing at the w- out the window. She was saying, moon, over and over. Ugh. So I asked her what was going on. She then turned around pointed at me, and said, you next. (gasps) She then crawled back into bed and went out. I asked what the hell that was about, and she remembered nothing about it. That is so creepy. I... I would I know! (laughs) I would have been like, goodbye! Mm -hmm. Packing my bags. Yeah. Yeah. You next? These are not things that people want to hear. No. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Okay. Brave Saint... Um, obviously full of humility. So says, I went through this phase <laughs> of sleep shopping, other things on the internet. First time I spent $70 on I- iTunes of nineties, female pop songs, Britney Spears, Christine, Christina Aguilera albums, and changed my ringtone on my phone to Hans- Hanson's Mbop. <laughs> <laughs> 
Another time I woke up and my computer was open to a form nearly complete for forming a 501c3, a nonprofit. Oh my God. I've also bought expensive winter jackets in incorrect sizes. I live in Florida. <laughs> An expensive onesie pajama thing. Actually love that thing. <laughs> Random books and shit off Amazon, etc. Does that count? Edit. I've also pissed in my dirty clothes, hamper, trash can, closet many times while not intoxicated. Yeah. Sometimes, though. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, that people. would be a really expensive habit. I've heard of people peeing in closets drunk before and oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. For sure. Totally. Okay, so this came from an article called Short Horror Stories Sleepwalking. Kenneth Parks, a 23-year-old Toronto man with a wife and infant daughter, was suffering from severe insomnia caused by joblessness and gambling debts. Early in the morning of May 23, 1987, he awoke, got in his car, and drove 23 kilometers to his in-law's home. He stabbed to death his mother-in-law, whom he loved and who had once referred to him as a gentle giant. I heard about this recently, I feel like. Really? Okay. Yeah. Parks also assaulted his father-in-law, who survived the attack. Oh, then no. Never mind. He then drove to the police and said, I think I've killed some people. My hands. Mm. Only then realizing he had severely cut his own hands. Under police arrest, he was taken to the hospital where he underwent repair of sev several flexor tendons of both hands. Oh, oh shit. No. Ow. Yeah. Because he couldn't remember anything about the murder and assault, but had no motive for the crime whatsoever and did have a history of sleepwalking, his team of defense experts concluded Ken Parks was asleep when he committed the crime and therefore unaware of his actions. I either heard about this one really recently or some, one that was super similar, because I, I read, or it was probably on a podcast where a guy killed his in-laws, but I'm pretty sure both of them were murdered or accidentally They discovered murdered. that was like... Maybe not so much true. Oh, no. I mean, he, it was determined that he was sleepwalking. Oh, okay. Yeah. It was actual. Yeah. That's just so, oh, that's so crazy. Isn't that awful? Mm-hmm. And it they did point out, it was like, oh, yeah, they, he really loved his in-laws. Like, they were actually more parents to him than his actual parents were and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that sounds not great for anybody in that situation. No. No. Um. Okay, so couple more then we'll move on to ambient stories yeah uh although it sounds like there's some people who are doing just fine without ambient mm -hmm. and achieving weird right. and crazy things this i think is really wild sex somnia oh no so what happens is that typically it's masturbation or like making loud sex noises <laughs> It doesn't necessarily have to involve someone else, mm -hmm. but some people have the disorder, I guess it's a spectrum like most things, to such a severe degree that they actually cause injury to themselves mm -hmm. in the process of masturbating. Oh, jeez. Right. It says, when confronted, people with sexomnia have no memory of their actions and become confused and embarrassed. Mm -hmm. One case study described a man who was so ashamed of his uncontrollable sexual behavior that he refused to share his bed with his wife and would restrain himself during the night to prevent any inappropriate conduct. Hmm. But even that didn't work. 
according to the researchers, on one particular evening, his sexomnia desires were so forceful that he not only broke his restraints, but also two fingers. Oh, my God. Yeah. There have been cases of arrest for sexual battery. Mm -hmm. And people have discovered that their spouses had it. Mm -hmm. Because they would notice that, like, they were snoring during sex or... (laughs) Things like that. Uh-huh. Um, so there's, you know, obviously people who are like, this is a bullshit diagnosis that people who assault others want to use to get off. But it says that there are, in nearly every case, doctors were able to document abnormal, abnormal patterns of REM or non-REM sleep, something impossible to fake. The majority of cases also had other psychiatric diagnoses. Fortunately, most patients with sexomnia can be successfully treated with psychotropic medications. Mm. Yeah, so it's not totally hopeless. Yeah. But that sounds rather... um, Awkward. mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there, there is... They have three categories. One's like you know, annoying, like, I masturbate in my sleep, Mm -hmm. and that's maybe kind of embarrassing if my partner notices, or, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe something like that, Um, or they're making noises, and then Mm -hmm. the next is, like, actually self-harm, and then the third is, like, inappropriate and violent behavior towards others. Right. It's kind of bananas. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Never heard of that. No, I don't think I, I don't know that I've heard of that either. Okay, so I'm going to tell you two creepy ambient stories, and then I'm going to tell you some, like, lighter, funnier ones. Mm -hmm. Yeah, let's not end totally terrified and depressed. Yeah. Yeah, we like creepy, but, you know. Right. We like, yeah. Anyway, okay, so, 45-year-old man, hospital worker, um, he had had some psychiatric problems. He did have problems with major depression, And he had been hospitalized before, had electroconvulsive therapy, but he did not have a history of substance abuse disorder, no arrest, no domestic violence, like no reason to believe that he would ever do anything to cause harm to others. Um, At the time that he committed his offense, he was living with his wife and they had a baby that was about a year old Mm -hmm. and they were living in the upstairs apartment of his parents house so he starts working a night shift to earn extra money and um starts having problems with insomnia and depression that last about six months so he he's they think like the stress of parenting the change in a sleep-wake cycle took a toll on him. He ends up taking a medical leave from his job because he's just not in great shape. Mm-hmm. So he goes to the doctor. They end up making some adjustments to his medication, and one of them was to add Ambien. Mm-hmm. Three days before the homicide. Uh, yeah. Spoiler. Mm-hmm. He had one ECT treatment, and his family members 
said that he was like up all night, pacing, couldn't sleep. What's an ECT? Oh, that's the electroconvulsive therapy. Oh, okay. Right? Like shock treatment. Yeah. Um, and described his behavior as agitated and distraught. Mm-hmm. So he was acting strangely. Mm-hmm. Um, he had already been taking the Ambien at this point. And he claims that he has only like a fragment of a mem- of memories hours before the killing. And that his wife had given him his usual nighttime medications. He wasn't able to sleep. And he said the next time, the next thing I remember, I was awaking in a wheelchair. I didn't know where I was. And I asked the doctor why I was handcuffed. Oh. He had stabbed his wife more than 20 times. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. And so the doctors think that um, the medication was a major factor in his behavior. Mm-hmm. They have videotape of his confession when he was being taken into custody. And he, they said he was like, kind of almost like catatonic, like staring ahead and mumbling and kept saying like, I need help. I need help. Mm-hmm. The ER records talk about him being behaving irrationally. And then two years after his offense, he had a seizure in court mm. and then did some follow-up stuff and nothing was, there was no conclusion for why that would have happened. Mm-hmm. So he did end That's up being scary. found guilty of murder in the second degree. He okay. got 25 years to life, but the doctors think that acute stress along with the mixture of medication was uh, a factor in yeah. what happened. Mm-hmm. That's that's really scary because they don't know why that happened. They're like, no. maybe it's this. I've only taken... Have you ever taken an Ambien? No. I've only taken it one time. I was in the hospital. I had food poison. I had Campylobacter poisoning, which is um, from raw chicken. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't eaten any chicken in several days, so it was a little confusing. Mm-hmm. But they said it probably cross contamination, like I had eaten food somewhere where the food was prepared with a knife that didn't get cleaned or whatever. Um, it was really horribly painful, and so I was actually on a morphine drip because wow. I had um, colitis. Mm-hmm. It's like the uh, my. Uh, colon was inflamed mm-hmm. it was just like awful it was horrible anyway i was in the hospital for five days i think on like day two because i had so much pain i was like can you give me something to help me sleep because that's all i wanted to do i'm like i just want to sleep yeah and um i remember looking at the tv and looking at the clock and it was one of those clocks like in a school classroom mm-hmm. the just black and white circle yeah and it started to melt like Salvador Dali. Oh, my God. Like in that, um, t- what is it, Time Flies or something? I forget the name of the painting right. where the clock is like melting. Yeah. Everything on the wall started to melt. The TV, the clock, like drippy candle wax. Yeah. And then I was out. Yeah. But so I told the doctor the next morning, he said, no more ambient for you. Why? I don't know. Huh. 
Uh, apparently that was not a normal response to Ambien and he didn't want to take any chances. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. I thought it, it was super weird. I mean, but that was like seconds and then I was totally knocked out. Yeah. I, but yeah, he was bothered by that. He was like, nope, no more for you. Sorry. Yeah. We'll have to think of something else. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay. I just felt like maybe I should tell you. Mm-hmm. He was like, nope, glad you did. <laughs> So, I don't know. Interesting. Okay. So, case two. This is, and so I am telling you, this is two cases of Zolpidem-associated homicide, which is the, I guess. Is it the generic of Ambien or? It's the unbranded name. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Generic, I guess. It's the scientific name probably right. yeah the actual name of the drug and right yeah the brand exactly mm-hmm. okay 62 year old lady kills her husband by hitting him several times in the head with a metal pipe and then placing a plastic bag over his head oh my god mm-hmm. um she had had a brief period of minor depression after separating from her first husband that sounds pretty normal right and he was, like, described as being verbally abusive, and she went to some counseling. I mean, this is all, like, super normal. hmm So, a few months before her husband was killed, he had a stroke that left him with some significant physical and mental, like, cognitive deficits. Yeah. And this made her really anxious, and she was struggling with depression and mild insomnia. So she went to her regular doctor and he prescribed her paroxetine, but it didn't, didn't fix it. Mm -hmm. So then that's when he added the Zolpidem, which is Ambien, Mm -hmm. which was three days before she committed the homicide. Uh Uh-huh. She took a slightly higher dose than was prescribed because she said it hadn't relieved her insomnia the prior two nights. Okay. So, but it was a pretty small dose. It was like 10 milligrams. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the regular dose is, but I, 10 milligrams just seems unlikely to be the highest dose, right? Right. So she reports that she has, just like the first guy, this like really fragmented memory, this kind of like a dreamlike, dreamlike state. Mm-hmm. She said around the killing, like she didn't have any clear memory of it at all. Yeah. Um. It'd be so horrifying to, like, wake up and realize that you've murdered your spouse. Yeah. Yeah. She had a couple things she did remember. She remembered being in the garage holding a metal pipe. And she remembered being in the bedroom and hitting her husband. But she couldn't remember putting the plastic bag on. Um, She remembered at some point touching her husband's hand and noticing that it was cold and realizing that he was dead. But she didn't recall, like she didn't have a sense of the passage of time. Yeah. And she was in the house for at least 24 hours after the homicide. Wow. And a couple friends with her friends interacted with her during that time and said that she sounded really bizarre and, like, just not herself. Yeah. 
And they were wondering if maybe her husband had had some kind of medical emergency and that she was just really distressed or something was going on. Things were so weird that people got concerned and went to her house. Okay. She was acting that strangely on the phone. Yeah. And then ultimately 911 was called because they found her in the bathtub holding a knife to her own throat. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Yeah. I don't really like this drug. <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, let's see. What was her... What ended up happening? She was offered and accepted a plea to the charge of manslaughter in exchange for a sentence of six years. She was paroled after serving four and a half. Wow. That's yeah. not bad. The other guy got 25 to life. Mm, yeah. I mean, to, there were... I mean, how do you know for sure if that's legit? But there are so many cases of people who've taken the Ambien and done so many strange things. It does not seem out of the realm of possibility right. at all. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I feel like that's definitely something that could happen. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Oh, so here's another really weird sleep disorder. It's called exploding head syndrome. Oh, I've heard of this. Have you? Mm -hmm. I had never heard of it before. Um, so people who have it, they experience auditory hallucinations. Mm -hmm. And they will, just as they're falling asleep or have just fallen asleep, they are startled awake by super loud noises. Mm -hmm. And it's not harmful, but like physically harmful, but it can create a psychiatric fear of sleep. Yeah. Which then causes insomnia and yeah, some other I, things. I mean, that would just be torture, right? Right. And it's things, people report things like, it's noises like gunshots and yeah. cymbals crashing and things that, like, those are not, that nobody wants to wake up like that. No. <laughs> That's not how anybody wants to wake up. Lord, no. Have you ever had the thing where feeling a sensation of falling when you're asleep oh yeah okay so that's called a hypnic jerk mm -hmm. you just drifted off to sleep and then suddenly you feel as if you're plummeting downwards only to jerk awake before hitting the ground mm -hmm. so i have experienced that i wouldn't say like a lot but enough that yeah. i know what it is it takes it takes place in the initial non-rem stages of sleep as your muscles mm -hmm. are relaxing but there's a lot of superstition around that particular phenomena. Uh huh. I remember when I was a kid hearing that if you fall, you die. Oh. Do you ever remember hearing no. anybody say that? Um, this. Oh, I wanted to ask earlier like, is there any truth to the like urban legend that you shouldn't wake a sleeping sleepwalker person? I think the only risk with that is depending on what they're doing. Um, there was, I think I skipped over the story. I had so many tabs open. <laughs> I skipped over the story somewhere. Um, but there was a girl who had been sleepwalking and climbed up to the top of a crane. And so if they woke her up, she would have plummeted like two stories. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a risk in what is the person doing at that time. Right. If you wake them up, is the startle going to endanger them in some way? But I don't think that just waking somebody up because they're asleep is 
innately harmful. Okay. It's just that they could be doing something real weird. Right. And now you're... Building Ninja Turtles? Apparently. (laughs) Um, I love that answer. That was amazing. There's also a condition called fatal familial insomnia. Oh. This is... This sounds bad. It is bad. (laughs) It's a condition which begins with getting to trouble... It is a condition which begins with trouble getting to sleep one night and steadily increases within a few months until the sufferer is no longer allowed, no longer able to sleep. The lack of sleep itself is not what proves to be deadly for the sufferers, but rather other symptoms that begin to manifest themselves shortly after they lose the ability to go to sleep. The body begins to have abnormal functions of the autonomic nervous system, leading the body to have difficulty controlling blood pressure heart rate and body temperature. So it's not that the sleep disorder itself kills you. It's that your body wigs out because it's not getting this like very essential ingredient Wow. on a daily basis. Huh? Yeah. So is that, do you have to have a, that certain disorder for that to kill you or it does anybody die if they don't sleep? Um, it says it can last from six months to three years with an almost inevitable progression towards coma and death with an average survival span of 18 months. Mm, geez. That is not a diagnosis you want. Nope. Nope. And familial, ooh, it runs in families? Mm-hmm. That's not great. Oh, I had a story earlier, <laughs> the the falling when you're asleep thing. Yes. I was in class and I fell asleep at my desk and it, you know, it was those like little desks that were connected to the chair. Yep. And so I'm like leaning with my elbows on the desk part with my head resting on my arms. And I have that thing where I felt like I was falling. And so my body jerked forward and it tipped the desk and it went, and it made a huge <laughs> noise. It's like a little embarrassing in front of a very quiet class. Oh, my God. I can't even begin to tell you how many times I've fallen asleep in class. Yeah. Like, probably every class I've ever oh, been yeah. in. yeah. I fell asleep in class um, one time, and I slept through an aftershock of an earthquake, and I only woke up because everyone was, like, freaking out about it. That sounds about right for me as well. I literally I like, don't geez. think I've ever taken a class I didn't fall asleep in at least once. <laughs> yeah. Never. Yeah. It's too hard. Mm-hmm. Too hard. Staying awake is hard. It is. I mean, sometimes. So, okay. Obviously, crime is possible. Yeah. So, but uh, Vice asked people to report in on some of the things that, and apparently it's a thing for people to post on Twitter, like weird shit they did on Ambien. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Of course it is. Well... It started because Roseanne made that racist comment on oh, Twitter God. and then blamed it on Ambien. Yeah. So it's kind of trolling her. Yeah. <laughs> like, That's why? Really funny. Why wouldn't you just say, that was a really dumb thing for me to say, and I apologize. Yeah. No, nobody can admit when they're wrong. I just think, it looks so much more stupid. And now I think you are absolutely a racist. Oh, yeah. No question. Right. Yeah, if you would have said, 
that came out completely wrong. That is not what I meant at all. I apologize. That came off sounding really offensive. Mm-hmm. I would have been offended. And I apologize. And I won't do it again. And I won't do it again. Yeah. And it, you grovel when you fuck up that bad. Yeah. You don't blame it on your medication. Right. That was just... My ambient made me a racist. Come on. Right. She's so stupid. Anyway. So people, so it says, since then, many have taken to social media to share their own hilarious, wholesome, and extremely made up, yet somehow still not racist stories of the drug's (laughs) unpredictable powers. Yeah. So it says they asked people to tell their own crazy experiences. Jennifer from Jupiter, Florida, said... She's had more than a few ambient adventures, but the first thing she did was change all of her phone notifications to a Chewbacca sound effect <laughs> during the night and scared the crap out of herself with yeah. Wookiee cries yeah. the next day. And then she also called a friend at like 2.17 in the morning to tell her she needed her Chewbacca veins treated on her legs and like demanded she book an appointment. <laughs> Like, what did she mean? The, what are those called? Varicose veins? Yeah. (laughs) And then she also got a surprise package containing a Chewbacca tutu. Man, why is it all centered around Chewbacca? I don't. And and what's a Chewbacca tutu? Nothing. (laughs) I have no idea. (sighs) Okay. No, no. I want to Google Idea. Um, Robert from Los Angeles says, I haven't done anything per se, but I thought my bed was eating me once, so I slept in the closet instead. (laughs) (laughs) I can only... I mean, that's horrifying. Yeah. Well, this is kind of cute. Look at this. Oh, okay. It's like a little leotard with the Chewbacca bandolier printed on it, and then the the tutu part is kind of a brownish, brownish color that... I would say that that is a pretty um, liberal interpretation of the Chewbacca costume. Yes, absolutely. It's very ballerina for Chewbacca. Yeah. It does not. I was going to say that. I'll put a link to it. It's $50 on Etsy. Yeah, it definitely looks like something you do, like race clothes, like race costumes or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not race as in... Yeah, not that kind of thing. Like a run, like a 5K. Yes. Yep. Um, This guy who was in the military said he was in the hospital after getting injured by an IED. And at the time, he was in a wheelchair. Oh, he was taking Ambien 10 milligrams, which is the highest available dose. So we were wrong. So she was taking a nice chunk of it. Yeah. Okay. Corrected. We don't even have to put it in the next one. Yeah. He would roam the barracks in his underwear, in his wheelchair, harass his roommate, try and jump him. And then one night while in one of the hazes, I locked myself out of the room. So he used a steak knife to cut a six inch hole through the drywall to try and reach the doorknob <laughs> on the inside. Wow. Mm-hmm. Maria from Houston says, I tend to carry my cat to the kitchen pantry and put him in there before going back to bed, only woken up soon after when he cries to be let out. Oh. Ambient me as a monster. Oh. Yeah, so she puts her cat in the pantry. Mm. 
poor kitty. There's a picture of somebody who woke up to f- discover that they stapled a lime. Oh my god. Like, look at this picture. Oh my god. <laughs> like six in a row. Yeah. Or five in a row, something yeah. like that. This guy, Josh, says, I took my normal dose and went to lay down. I woke up like normal and my husband was missing his pubic hair. He told me the night before I wanted to shave off all of it and did so using massage cream. I don't even like shaved pubes. He also told me I tossed a salad, which I never do. Also stared at the wall for two hours standing up. (laughs) (laughs) And his husband was like, whatever, this is normal. I I mean, I don't know what to do except just like roll with it. If it... (laughs) Yeah, I don't... What do you... I mean... I'm not sure what the right answer is. And <laughs> if you're sleeping, I feel like, do not get anywhere near my pubes with a razor. Yeah, no, God, no, please. <laughs> well, I feel like that's like dealing with somebody who is really drunk. Yeah. You know they're not going to be reasonable, so you just kind of... But you could wake the person up, right? I don't know. I think Maybe ambience believe- pretty strong. Oh, yeah. It's I like- think it'd be really hard. I think you'd mostly just be like... We're going to do whatever is necessary to make sure you don't hurt yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't, like, go try to drive a car mm-hmm. um, or do something crazy. We, we ha- did outreach last week, and there was a gentleman who may have had a significant amount of alcohol in his system by the time we found him. Mm-hmm. And he had fallen out of his wheelchair, and he was a double amputee. Mm-hmm. He was missing his, let's see, from his perspective, his right arm and most of his left leg. And at first he told us he had a house and he gave us an address. Then he told us he was staying at a friend's and gave us an address that was literally impossible because it would have required streets that run pl- parallel to cross and yeah. they don't. And then he gave me a phone number that did not work. And um, I asked him if he wanted to go to a shelter, and he said no. And I was like, okay. And so after going through literally at least a half a dozen addresses, probably more, I finally was like, hey, do you want to stay at my friend's house? Mm -hmm. And uh, my friend's house just happens to be a shelter where my friend's the manager, so we took him there. Mm -hmm. But it was that game of like, okay. I know he's not with it enough to really fully register that my friend's house happens to look exactly like a shelter. Yeah. But I can't leave him outside. So we're just going to have to hope that he stays drunk enough through this procedure that he's just happy he's inside and warm once he figures it out. Yeah. And I would think it's the same thing with somebody who's like on Ambien because you can't for real wake him up. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, or if they are awake, are they really with it? Right. I Yeah, I don't know. Hmm. I have no idea. I was looking at Twitter to see if there was any um, any fresh ambient stories, and I don't, I don't see anything. Oh, February 21st, President Trump blames Ambien. I'm not an idiot. <laughs> he says, I don't know, I guess I'll have to go read this article, but... Um, He's blaming some of his bad behavior on Ambien. Uh-huh, sure. That's going to be the next new thing, I guess, huh? Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> all right, then. 
So I and I enjoyed the humor stories. The um, creepy ones were ooh. right. I would really seriously consider pretty much anything else before taking Ambien based on these yeah, experiences. I, absolutely. I mean, that sounds terrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, I just remembered that. Do you remember the last? So on a haunted artifacts episode, I was um freaking out about your tweez your um stitches story <laughs> and yeah. i asked people to comment on the instagram we did have a comment from oh we did yeah mish wills 2112 and they say uh quote where are the tweezers tiny scissors and a light end quote would be my answer to the stitch removal winky face so you've got somebody on your side thank you mm-hmm. thank you what's this person's name mish wills to one one two okay it's on the haunted artifacts instagram post thank you yeah i did properly sterilize the tweezers that's good. and i just needed them to hold the knots and i brought my embroidery scissors in because they seemed like they were the right size and very sharp yeah it makes sense i mean you i didn't wait- bring a seam river <laughs> <laughs> i feel like that would have been a lot of uncomfortable that, that tugging hurt. yeah hurt. no they um no it worked great good I mean, here, look. Yeah. There's my scar, the one that's shaped like a J right there. Yep. Yep. yep that's it right there. It's bar- barely discernible. Mm-hmm. I did wait. They did say 10 days, and I did wait 10 days. I just didn't have time. I was getting married. I had a lot of stuff to do. Yeah. Lots and lots of things I needed to get done. I get it. Yeah. Just don't ask me. <sighs> where? How do I know where I'm supposed to draw the line? <laughs> How much is too much? It, mm, I don't know either. I mean, yeah, I you'll, guess you'll, like, just have you'll to... hold my hair while I puke if I'm drunk. I'll I'll say that you can ask me, but I probably won't. Unless it's life-threatening. Is Brandon squeamish? Um, I don't know, actually. Should we test him? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Give me a couple days. I'll enter something. <laughs> inevitable all right well we'll see i have my friend who's a nurse and i always you know she's like i'll take your stitches out or whatever i was like oh no that's cool i got it that's i think that for me the stitches are particularly icky like make me feel icky i don't know why Hmm. because i sew and it would make i don't know i'd work with stitches a lot but i just don't like them when they're in their person they're pretty benign in the world of medical no i know yeah medical stuff yeah i mean i feel like my husband has a little benign um i know it's like a little benign cyst that's from hitting his head Mm -hmm. because he's so tall (laughs) and he's just he's worked up a callus on his forehead (laughs) basically I would, I'm like 99.9% positive it's an epidermoid cyst Mm -hmm. and that I could totally take it out. Oh my God. I would totally, it would just need the smallest of incisions and a couple snips and that sucker be gone. He won't let you do it? He probably would let me do it because he's diabetic and his risk for infection is much higher. I won't. Oh. Um, If he wasn't diabetic, I would. That's responsible of you. I know. It's gross. Mm-hmm. It's like when I'm at the state parks and I'm like, no, 
Heidi, you can't have a rock. If everyone takes a rock, then there won't be any rocks left <laughs> for other people to enjoy. Yeah. The same. You like, can't when... take a raccoon skeleton. <sighs> I know. It's really disappointing. But I did get a pretty good picture of it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I won't on him just because they're higher risk for infection. Yeah. But if he didn't have diabetes, I would have done surgery on that thing a long time ago. <laughs> it's only maybe barely over a quarter of an inch. Mm-hmm. And it's totally mobile. I mean, I would put it in like a old medicine bottle so we could drop it off as doctors so they could do the pathology on it if they wanted to. Because usually when you have something to remove, they send it to the lab just to make sure it's okay. Yeah. But it appeared in exactly the spot where he like whacked his head. Mm-hmm. Pretty confident that he didn't grow a tumor in that spot. Yeah. That would be a little Ugh. unlikely. Well... Is that it for the sleep disorder stories? Yeah, there's a whole bunch of ways that you can do real weird stuff when you're asleep. Mm-hmm. So when you, um, did you go to like a sleep lab to find out about your disorders? Yes, I have had probably, I think five sleep studies. Mm-hmm. And what does that entail? So um, I've had a couple different kinds because, you know, special. Mm-hmm. So uh, the first first one I had, they use stuff that feels like paste to attach a whole crap ton of electrodes to your head, mm-hmm. and um, you just go to bed, yeah. and they watch you while you sleep. Yeah. And if you're like me and you fall asleep in less than two minutes, you don't give a shit. Right. People are like, how do you sleep in the sleep lab? I was like, whatever. Their bed's super comfy. Yeah. I'm sort of wondering if I had to do that, like... If I would ever sleep. <laughs> well, my friend's husband works in a sleep lab. And I've also read other... Pe- I actually listened to a podcast about sleep pretty recently. Um, people always think they're not going to be able to sleep, and they do. Yeah. I mean, they may not sleep as well as they would at home if there's somebody who's stressed. Like, somebody who prefers to sleep at home. I don't care. I'll sleep on a park bench. Right. So, that's not... I don't have any mental hangups. I have fallen asleep in so many public places over the years. <laughs> Sleeping in a sleep lab ain't no thing. Yeah. Do you have a map on your wall and with like push pins of all the places that you fall? I asleep? really should. <laughs> I should. I once, when my daughter was really young, I took her to the park. I felt like such a terrible parent for the longest time for this, but I took her to a park, and it was one of those. So it was like you had to walk down a huge hill. So the actual street was really far away. Like, it would take a kid five minutes to run up to the hill to get to the street. But um, this was before I was taking medication, and she was probably three. And I laid down on a bench to watch her play. I totally fell asleep. I have no idea how long I was asleep. It was probably only a couple minutes or something. But I was like, my baby probably, what if she got kidnapped? Yeah. And I'm sure it was like, yeah, she was pretty much right where I left her mm-hmm. when I woke up. But yeah, it was totally, it was a little scary. Mm-hmm. A little scary. She was none the wiser and seemed fine. And other moms were probably like, that poor mom is probably so exhausted. If she sleeps for longer than whatever, I'll wake her up. Right. I mean, that's what I would do if I saw somebody. I'd be like, oh my God, that poor mom is probably so worn out. Yeah. I'll keep an eye on her kid and let her get a little cat nap, mm-hmm. you know? Right. Most people are not actual monsters. Yeah. But, yeah, it still freaked me out every time I thought about it. I'd be like, mm-hmm. <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> it 
So, but I've taken, yeah, I, there's no limit to where I can sleep. I've slept in busy restaurants, clubs, I, all kinds of noisy places. Clubs? Oh, girl, I can sleep anywhere, anywhere. There is no wow. limit to where I could sleep. That's wild. Or how uncomfortable it could be. Mm-hmm. So anyway, the first sleep study was that, the, um, there's something weird about the way that it reads that doesn't match the criteria for the text to put me on a CPAP when I'm sleeping. Mm-hmm. It's not that I don't have the episodes, but like they have this very rigid criteria for put CPAP on if this happens. And mine, I'm some kind of weird outlier. It mm-hmm. doesn't follow the typical pattern. Mm-hmm. So then it has to go to the selector. And then they're like, she clearly has apnea. Bring her back. We're going to do it again, except this time with the CPAP. So I always end up having to do it twice, which sucks. Mm-hmm. But the sleep clinic I go to now really does have the best bed. It's like spa hotel bed. Like Ooh. high count Egyptian cotton sheets, like mm-hmm. super cushy bed. So I don't, you can watch me sleep. Mm-hmm. And nothing exciting happening in there. <laughs> I'm like a corpse. Once I go out, I don't even move. Yeah. And then the daytime sleepiness study was on the heels of an overnight study. So it was the first time that I got diagnosed. Um, I did the overnight, the second overnight, and then the morning of the second visit, they had me, they put me in a dark room mm-hmm. to see how long it took me to fall asleep. And I don't... I think I still had all the electrodes on. Mm-hmm. And they were like, yep, your sleep's all kinds of fucked up. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah, yeah, you win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's really, it's not that big of a deal. And mm-hmm. almost everybody in my family has sleep apnea. Nobody has any of the other stuff that I have, like the hypersomnia and those things. Um, but it totally runs in my family. Right. Yeah, so that wasn't a surprise. And then... You have to go every so many years to get your machine calibrated. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Well, and the technology improves and that sort of thing. And But if you're someone who needs it, wear it. You'll get used to it. It's not that big of a deal. And if you don't use it, you're at a really high risk for heart attack and other things because it's so stressful for your body mm-hmm. to have to deal with that. Like I have, I don't know. 200 waking episodes a night or something like that some huh. ridiculous amount of times i don't ever remember it but right. um it's super hard on your body huh huh yeah so for those well, of right. you who enjoy sleeping like a baby and wake up feeling refreshed i don't even know what that means i know that's i've so... never woken up feeling refreshed once in my life it's super rare for me to like feel like i got enough sleep ever and i don't know if that's Indicative that can also that, be a sleep disorder, right? Like, I might have a sleep disorder, which is why I was asking you about sleep clinics. I was like, maybe I should go check it out. Um, <laughs> there's something called sleep inertia, and so um, sleep inertia is the uh, the how groggy you feel when you wake up, mm-hmm. and it can go. It can be as little as like one minute. It can be as long as four hours. For most people, it's like 15 to 30 minutes before they feel awake. I think for me, it's three to four hours most of the time. Wow, yeah. 
like usually, yeah, it's probably three to four hours for mm-hmm. me on average. It's mm-hmm. my, that time before I actually feel fully awake is, yeah. it's a pretty long window. My theory was that um, I was just waking up like in the middle of my sleep cycle instead of, you know, like how there's an app that I got called sleepy time and it tells you how many cycles you can get before you need to wake up or like what mm-hmm. time you need to go to bed if you want to wake up at this such and such time and oh, so if cool. i can if i can time it right then i can wake up okay but most of the time i'm such a light sleeper that i wake up to anything like my cattle wake me up for to get fed right and i seriously don't even know i it'd be amazing if i could sleep through that it kind of is a little scary, though. Like, it's one of the reasons I have dogs. Yeah. Because a smoke alarm is not a guarantee that I'll wake up. Right. I could absolutely sleep through that. Yeah. The dogs will make sure I wake up, though. So I will probably always be a dog owner. Yeah. You know, if somebody was breaking into the house and it was just me, look, nobody's getting past that chihuahua. <laughs> yeah. The big one is the one that's going to hurt them. Right. But the little one is the one that's going to wake me up. Sounding the alarm. Because she's a sheriff. Yeah. Yeah. I took her, took the dogs to get shots yesterday, and she was mad because the little boy pet her brother. She didn't like it. She was barking. He was eating it How up. dare he? Oh, yeah. But she was like, I'm Sheriff Evie. Rah, 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 rah. Mm-hmm. And then this lady <laughs> from the clinic, she came in and she said, we're going to go ahead and take you into the cat room. And I was like. Oh, you don't love the barking? <laughs> the incessant barking? Sure, Phoebe's on the job. Yeah. That little five-year-old boy is endangering the life of her brother uh-huh. by petting him. And Wolfie was, like, licking the little boy. They were having Aww. a great time. It was super sweet. It was actually, I, he hasn't ever been around little kids, so I didn't, I was like, uh, I hope oh, that this goes yeah. okay. But he actually went over to the little boy and like bumped him and was like pet me because the mom was like did you ask if you could pet and i was like he kind of pet him first yeah so i think it's gonna be okay but he was really good with them i was glad that's nice yeah the sheriff i don't really trust her around kids Mm -hmm. not because i think more just out of like she would be a fear biter yeah not because sure. she's like aggressive. I just think she's really fearful. Yeah. Like she didn't, oh, why are you petting my brother? I don't like it. Mm-hmm. Stop it. Mm-hmm. She's, whoo, that one. <laughs> yeah. She's nutter butter. All right. Well, we'd like to thank Brandon Lee Chilcote for our wonderful intro and outro music. Thanks, Brandon. Thanks, B. Um, if you have any stories about weird stuff you bought while you're on Ambien or um, if you have slept walked or slept talked, or anything along those lines, you can tweet us at creepyclubpod, or you can email us at creepyclubpodcast at gmail.com. Oh, we did have, so one of my friends had to put a parental lock on QVC because she used to, like, drunk order (laughs) stuff from QVC. Yeah. And uh, another friend of mine posted in our neighborhood free group that she bought like how to be a dominatrix on amazon oh yeah yeah she that. posted that she was like whoops with the drunk shopping so yeah. but i've ambient shopping same thing either way i want to hear about it yeah and i want to know what it was that you purchased and do you still own it yes did you t- did you have the cojones to send it back yeah i'm pretty sure emma has some stories like that but i don't really remember what what else she bought so emma 
right hit me up um like us on facebook at facebook.com slash creepy club podcast you can follow us on instagram at creepy club podcast you can follow me at creepy club rissa you can follow heidi at creepy club heidi um we will put the sources that we used and relevant notes in our meeting minutes which you can find at www.creepyclubpodcast.com also please rate review and subscribe to us on itunes we would love to hear from you um that helps us spread the word of the creepy yes (laughs) it sounded culty um no it's fine (laughs) you're our charismatic leader uh Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. We really appreciate it. We love all of our listeners and we hope that you continue listening. Yes, please. Meeting adjourned. Meeting adjourned.